Did you know The Sleepy Bookshelf has a sibling podcast with all original stories and meditations? It's called Get Sleepy, and I'm sure you'll love it. I even narrate some of the stories. Just search for Get Sleepy in your preferred podcast player. Thank you, and sweet dreams. Good evening. And welcome to the Sleepy Bookshelf, where we put down our worries from the day and pick up a good book. I'm Elizabeth, your host, and I'm so glad you chose to join me tonight. This evening we'll be returning to the great big treasury of Beatrix Potter. Before we do that, let's take some time to settle in. Get cosy in bed. Sink deep into your mattress. And relieve yourself of any pressure to fall asleep. Next, take the deepest breath you've taken all day. And just when you're ready to exhale, breathe in a tiny bit more. Now, let it all go. Do this two or three more times, and with each exhale, let your mind become lighter and focus on my voice. To recap on our last episode, our first story was the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck, about a farmyard duck who wanted to nest her eggs. She took off into a nearby forest and was helped by a seemingly charming gentleman with a very bushy tail. He took her to his shed and Jemima made a lovely nest. The gentleman invited her to a dinner to celebrate the beginning of her sitting-in period. The farm dog, Cat, asked her what she was doing and when she flew back into the wood she was locked in the gentleman's house and a great racket was heard outside. When the door opened again there was no sign of the bushy-tailed gentleman only Cap and two little puppies who sadly had got to her eggs before Jemima could sit on them. She went home and eventually went on to have four chicks of her very own. The second story was called The Roly-Poly Pudding about Tabitha Twitchit and her three naughty kittens. Tom Kitten was missing in the house and Tabitha couldn't find him anywhere. But With the help of Cousin Ribby, they heard a roly-poly noise in the attic and went to fetch Samuel Whiskers to help them investigate. Tom Kitten had got lost in the chimney and had been found by two rather large rats who wanted to make him into a pudding. 
They had frightened Moppet and Mittens when they had come into the kitchen for dough and the dairy for butter. Then they ran away when the floorboards came up and could be seen making their way into Farmer Potato's barn. Tonight, we begin with a story about some very sleepy bunnies. So just relax and close your eyes as I turn to the next pages of the great big treasury of Beatrix Potter. The Tale of the Flopsy Bunnies For all little friends of Mr. McGregor and Peter and Benjamin. It is said that the effect of eating too much lettuce is soporific. I have never felt sleepy after eating lettuces, but then I am not a rabbit. They certainly had a very soporific effect upon the Flopsy Bunnies. When Benjamin Bunny grew up, he married his cousin Flopsy. They had a large family, and they were very improvident and cheerful. I do not remember the separate names of their children, they were generally called the Flopsy Bunnies. As there was not always quite enough to eat, Benjamin used to borrow cabbages from Flopsy's brother, Peter Rabbit, who kept a nursery garden. Sometimes, Peter Rabbit had no cabbages to spare. When this happened, the Flopsy Bunnies went across the field to a rubbish heap in the ditch outside Mr. McGregor's garden. Mr. McGregor's rubbish heap was a mixture. There were jam pots and paper bags and mountains of chopped grass from the mowing machine, which always tasted oily, and some rotten vegetable marrows and an old boot or two. One day, oh joy, there were a quantity of overgrown lettuces which had shot into flour. The Flopsy Bunnies simply stuffed themselves with lettuces. By degrees, one after another, they were overcome with slumber and lay down in the mown grass. Benjamin was not so much overcome as his children. Before going to sleep, he was sufficiently wide awake to put a paper bag over his head to keep off the flies. The little Flopsy Bunnies slept delightfully in the warm sun. From the lawn beyond the garden came the distant, clackety sound of the mowing machine. 
the blue bottles buzzed about the wall, and a little old mouse picked over the rubbish among the jam pots. I can tell you her name. She was called Thomasina Tittlemouse, a wood mouse with a long tail. She rushed across the paper bag and awakened Benjamin Bunny. The mouse apologized profusely and said that she knew Peter Rabbit. While she and Benjamin were talking, close under the wall, they heard a heavy tread above their heads, and suddenly, Mr. McGregor emptied out a sackful of lawn mowings right upon the top of the sleeping Flopsy Bunnies. Benjamin shrank down under his paper bag. The mouse hid in a jam pot. The little rabbits smiled sweetly in their sleep under the shower of grass. They did not awake. They did not awake. They did not awake because the lettuces had been so soporific. They dreamt that their mother, Flopsy, was tucking them up in a hay bed. Mr. McGregor looked down after emptying his sack. He saw some funny little brown tips of ears sticking up through the lawn mowings. He stared at them for some time. Presently, a fly settled on one of them and it moved. Mr. McGregor climbed down onto the rubbish heap. One, two, three, four, five, six little rabbits, said he as he dropped them into his sack. The Flopsy Bunnies dreamt that their mother was turning them over in bed. They stirred a little in their sleep, but still they did not wake up. Mr. McGregor tied up the sack and left it on the wall. He went to put away the mowing machine. While he was gone, Mrs. Flopsy Bunny, who had remained at home, came across the field. She looked suspiciously at the sack and wondered where everybody was. Then the mouse came out of her jam pot and Benjamin took the paper bag off his head and they told the doleful tale. Benjamin and Flopsy were in despair. They could not undo the string. But Mrs. Tittlemouse was a resourceful person. She nibbled at a hole in the bottom corner of the sack. The little rabbits were pulled out and pinched to wake them. Their parents stuffed the empty sack with three rotten vegetable marrows, an old blacking brush, and two decayed turnips. Then they all hid under a bush and watched for Mr. McGregor.
Mr. McGregor came back and picked up the sack and carried it off. He carried it hanging down as if it were rather heavy. The Flopsy Bunnies followed at a safe distance. They watched him go into the house and then they crept up to the window to listen. Mr. McGregor threw down the sack on the stone floor in a way that would have been extremely painful to the Flopsy Bunnies if they had happened to have been inside it. They could hear him drag his chair on the flags and chuckle. One, two, three, four, five, six little rabbits, said Mr. McGregor. Eh, what's that? What have they been spoiling now? inquired Mrs. McGregor. One, two, three, four, five, six little fat rabbits, repeated Mr. McGregor, counting on his fingers. One, two, three. Don't you be silly. What do you mean, you silly old man? In the sack. One, two, three, four, five, six, replied Mr. McGregor. The youngest, Flopsy Bunny, got upon the windowsill. Mrs. McGregor took hold of the sack and felt it. She said she could feel six, but they must be old rabbits because they were so hard and all different shapes. Not fit to eat, but the skins will do fine to line my old cloak. Line your old cloak, shouted Mr. McGregor. I shall sell them and buy myself backy. Rabbit tobacco. I shall skin them and cut off their heads. Mrs. McGregor untied the sack and put her hand inside. When she felt the vegetables, she became very, very angry. She said that Mr. McGregor had done it to purpose. And Mr. McGregor was very angry too. One of the rotten marrows came flying through the kitchen window and hit the youngest Flopsy Bunny. It was rather hurt. Then Benjamin and Flopsy thought that it was time to go home. So Mr. McGregor did not get his tobacco, and Mrs. McGregor did not get her rabbit skins. But next Christmas, Thomasina Tittlemouse got a present of enough rabbit wool to make herself a cloak and a hood and a handsome moth. Tale of Mrs. Tittlemouse, Nellie's Little Book. Once upon a time, there was a wood mouse, and her name was Mrs. Tittlemouse. She lived in a bank under a hedge. Such a funny house 
There were yards and yards of sandy passages leading to storerooms and nut cellars and seed cellars, all amongst the roots of the hedge. There was a kitchen, a parlour, a pantry, and a larder. Also, there was Mrs. Tittlemouse's bedroom, where she slept in a little box bed. Mrs. Tittlemouse was a most terribly tidy, particular little mouse, always sweeping and dusting the soft, sandy floors. Sometimes, a beetle lost its way in the passages. Shoo, shoo, little dirty feet, said Mrs. Tittlemouse, clattering her dustpan. And one day, a little old woman ran up and down in a red, spotty cloak. Your house is on fire, Mother Ladybird. Fly away home to your children. Another day, a big, fat spider came in to shelter from the rain. Beg pardon? Is this not Miss Muffet's? Go away, you bold, bad spider, leaving ends of cobweb all over my nice, clean house. She bundled the spider out at a window. He let himself down the hedge with a long, thin bit of string. Mrs. Tittlemouse went on her way to a distant storeroom to fetch cherry stones and thistle-down seed for dinner. All along the passage, she sniffed and looked at the floor. I smell a smell of honey. Is it the cowslips outside in the hedge? I'm sure I can see the marks of dirty little feet. Suddenly, round a corner, she met Babbity Bumble. Zzz, bzzz, bzzz, said the bumblebee. Mrs. Tittlemouse looked at her severely. She wished that she had a broom. Good day, Babbity Bumble. I should be glad to buy some beeswax. What are you doing down here? Why do you always come in at a window and say, Zzz, bzzz, bzzz? Mrs. Tittlemouse began to get cross. Zzz, wuzz, wuzz, replied Babbity Bumble in a peevish squeak. She sidled down a passage and disappeared into a storeroom which had been used for acorns. Mrs. Tittlemouse had eaten the acorns before Christmas. The storeroom ought to have been empty it was full of untidy dry moss. Mrs. Tittlemouse began to pull out the moss. Three or four other bees put their heads out and buzzed fiercely. I am not in the habit of letting lodgings. This is an intrusion, said Mrs. Tittlemouse, 
I will have them turned out. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, I wonder who would help me. Bzz, whiz, whiz. I will not have Mr. Jackson. He never wipes his feet. Mrs. Tittlemouse decided to leave the bees till after dinner. When she got back to the parlor, she heard someone coughing in a fat voice. And there sat Mr. Jackson himself. He was sitting all over a small rocking chair, twiddling his thumbs and smiling with his feet on the fender. He lived in a drain below a hedge in a very dirty, wet ditch. How do you do, Mr. Jackson? Dear me, you have got very wet. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Mrs. Tittermouse. I'll sit a while and dry myself, said Mr. Jackson. He sat and smiled, and the water dripped off his coat tails. Mrs. Tittermouse went round with a mop. He sat such a while that he had to be asked if he would take some dinner. First, she offered him cherry stones. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Tittermouse. No teeth. No teeth. No teeth. Said Mr. Jackson. He opened his mouth most unnecessarily wide. He certainly had not a tooth in his head. Then she offered him thistledown seed. Tiddly widdly widdly. said Mr. Jackson. He blew the thistle down all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mrs. Tittlemouse. Now what I really, really should like would be a little dish of honey. I'm afraid I've not got any, Mr. Jackson, said Mrs. Tittlemouse. Tiddly, widdly, widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse said the smiling Mr. Jackson. I can smell it. That is why I came to call. Mr. Jackson rose ponderously from the table and began to look into the cupboards. Mrs. Tittlemouse followed him with a dishcloth to wipe his large, wet footmarks off the parlor floor. When he had convinced himself that there was no honey in the cupboards, he began to walk down the passage. Indeed, indeed you will stick fast, Mr. Jackson. Tiddly widdly widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse. First, he squeezed into the pantry. Tiddly widdly widdly, no honey, no honey, Mrs. Tittlemouse. There were three creepy, crawly people hiding in the plate rack. Two of them got away, but the littlest one he caught. Then he squeezed into the larder. 
Mrs. Butterfly was tasting the sugar, she flew away out of the window. Tiddly, widdly, widdly, Mrs. Tittlemouse, who seemed to have plenty of visitors. And without any invitation, said Mrs. Thomasina Tittlemouse. They went along the sandy passage. Tiddly, widdly, buzz, whiz, whiz. He met Babbity round a corner and snapped her up and put her down again. I do not like bumblebees. They are all over bristles, said Mr. Jackson, wiping his mouth with his coat sleeve. Get out, you nasty old toad, said Babbity Bumble. I shall go distract it scolded Mrs. Tittlemouse. She shut herself up in the nut cellar while Mr. Jackson pulled out the bee's nest. He seemed to have no objection to stings. When Mrs. Tittlemouse ventured to come out, everybody had gone away. But the untidiness was something dreadful. Never! Did I see such a mess? Smears of honey and moss and thistledown and marks of big and little dirty feet all over my nice clean house. She gathered up the moss and the remains of beeswax. Then she went out and fetched some twigs to partly close up the front door. I will make it too small for Mr. Jackson. She fetched soft soap and flannel and a new scrubbing brush from the storeroom. She was too tired to do any more. First, she fell asleep in her chair and then she went to bed. Oh, will it ever be tidy again? said poor Mrs. Tittlemouse. Next morning, she got up very early and began a spring cleaning, which lasted a fortnight. She swept and scrubbed and dusted, and she rubbed up the furniture with the beeswax and polished her little tin spoons. When it was all beautifully neat and clean, she gave a party five other little mice without Mr. Jackson. He smelt the party and came up the bank, but he could not squeeze in at the door. So they handed him out acorn cupfuls of honeydew through the window, and he was not at all offended. He sat outside in the sun and said, Tiddly, Whitley, Whitley, your very good health, Mrs. Tittlemouse. The Tale of Timmy Tiptoes For many unknown little friends, including Monica. Once upon a time, there was a little fat, comfortable, grey squirrel 
called Timmy Tiptoes. He had a nest thatched with leaves in the top of a tall tree, and he had a little squirrel wife called Goody. Timmy Tiptoes sat outside, enjoying the breeze. He whisked his tail and chuckled. Little wife, Goody, the nuts are ripe. We must lay up a store for winter and spring. Goody Tiptoes was busy pushing moss under the thatch. The nest is so snug. We shall be sound asleep all winter. Then we shall wake up all the thinner when there's nothing to eat in the springtime, replied prudent Timothy. When Timmy and Goody Tiptoes came to the nut thicket, they found other squirrels were there already. Timmy took off his jacket and hung it on a twig. They worked away, quietly by themselves. Every day they made several journeys and picked quantities of nuts. They carried them away in bags and stored them in several hollow stumps near the tree where they had built their nest. When these stumps were full, they began to empty the bags into a hole high up a tree that had belonged to a woodpecker. The nuts rattled down, down, down inside. How shall you ever get them out again? Just like a money box, said Goody. I shall be much thinner before springtime, my love, said Timmy Tiptoes, peeping into the hole. They did collect quantities because they did not lose them. Squirrels who bury their nuts in the ground lose more than half because they cannot remember the place. The most forgetful squirrel in the wood was called Silvertail. He began to dig and he could not remember. And then he dug again and found some nuts that did not belong to him. There was a fight and other squirrels began to dig. The whole wood was in commotion. Unfortunately, just at this time, a flock of little birds flew by from bush to bush, searching for green caterpillars and spiders. There were several sorts of little birds, twittering different songs. The first one sang, Who's been digging up my nuts? Who's been digging up my nuts? And another sang, Little bit of bread and no cheese. Little bit of bread and no cheese. The squirrels followed and listened. The first little bird flew into the bush where Timmy and Goody Tiptoes were quietly tying up their bags, and it sang, Who's been digging up my nuts? Who's been digging up my nuts? Timmy Tiptoes went on with his work without replying. 
Indeed, the little bird did not expect an answer. It was only singing its natural song, and it meant nothing at all. But when the other squirrels heard that song, they rushed upon Timmy Tiptoes and cuffed and scratched him and upset his bag of nuts. The innocent little bird, which had caused all the mischief, flew away in a fright. Timmy rolled over and over, and then turned tail and fled towards his nest, followed by a crowd of squirrels shouting, Who's been digging up my nuts? They caught him and dragged him up the very same tree where there was a little round hole and they pushed him in. The hole was much too small for Timmy Tiptoe's figure. They squeezed him dreadfully. It was a wonder they did not break his ribs. We will leave him here till he confesses, said Silvertail Squirrel, and he shouted into the hole, Who's been digging up my nuts? Timmy Tiptoes made no reply. He had tumbled down inside the tree upon half a peck of nuts belonging to himself. He lay stunned and still. Goody Tiptoes picked up the nut bags and went home. She made a cup of tea for Timmy, but he didn't come and didn't come. Goody Tiptoes passed a lonely and unhappy night. Next morning, she ventured back to the nut bushes to look for him, but the other unkind squirrels drove her away. She wandered all over the wood, calling, Timmy Tiptoes, Timmy Tiptoes, oh where is Timmy Tiptoes? In the meantime, Timmy Tiptoes came to his senses. He found himself tucked up in a little moss bed, very much in the dark, feeling sore. It seemed to be underground. Timmy coughed and groaned because his ribs hurt him. There was a chirpy noise and a small, striped, chipmunk appeared with a nightlight and hoped he felt better. It was most kind to Timmy Tiptoes. It lent him its nightcap and the house was full of provisions. The chipmunk explained that it had rained nuts through the top of the tree. Besides, I found a few buried. It laughed and chuckled and it heard Timmy's story. While Timmy was confined to bed, it enticed him to eat quantities. But how shall I ever get out through the hole unless I thin myself? My wife will be anxious. Just another nut, or two nuts. Let me crack them for you, said the chipmunk. 
Timmy Tiptoes grew fatter and fatter. Now, Goody Tiptoes had to set to work again by herself. She did not put any more nuts into the woodpecker's hole because she had always doubted how they could be got out again. She hid them under a tree root. They rattled down, down. Once, when Goody emptied an extra big bagful, there was a decided squeak. And next time, Goody brought another bagful. A little striped chipmunk scrambled out in a hurry. It's getting perfectly full up downstairs. The sitting room is full and they are rolling along the passage. My husband, Chippy Hacky, has run away and left me. What is the explanation of these showers of nuts? I'm sure. I beg your pardon. I did not know that anybody lived here, said Mrs. Goody Tiptoes. But where is Chippy Hacky? My husband, Timmy Tiptoes, has run away too. I know where Chippy is. A little bird told me, said Mrs. Chippy Hacky. She led the way to the woodpecker's tree, and they listened at the hole. Down below, there was a noise of nutcrackers and a fat squirrel voice and a thin squirrel voice were singing together. My little old man and I fell out. How shall we bring this matter about? Bring it about as well as you can and get you gone, you little old man. You could squeeze in through that little round hole, said Goody Tiptoes. Yes, I could said the chipmunk but my husband Chippy Hacky bites down below there was a noise of cracking nuts and nibbling and then the fat squirrel voice and the thin squirrel voice sang for the diddle dum day day diddle dum dee day diddle diddle dum day then Goody peeped in at the hole and called down. Timmy Tiptoes? Oh, fee Timmy Tiptoes. And Timmy replied, Is that you, Goody Tiptoes? Why, certainly. He came up and kissed Goody through the hole, but he was so fat that he could not get out. Chippy Hacky was not too fat, but he did not want to come. He stayed down below and chuckled. And so it went on for a fortnight, till a big wind blew off the top of the tree and opened up the hole and let in the rain. Then Timmy Tiptoes came out and went home with an umbrella. But Chippy Hacky continued to camp out for another week, although it was uncomfortable. At last, 
a large bear came walking through the wood. Perhaps he was also looking for nuts. He seemed to be sniffing around. Chippy Hacky went home in a hurry. And when Chippy Hacky got home, he found he had caught a cold in his head and he was more uncomfortable still. And now, Timmy and Goody Tiptoes keep their nut store fastened up with a little padlock. And whenever the little bird sees the chipmunks, he sings, Who's been digging up my nut? Who's been digging up my nuts? But nobody ever answers. <laughs>